My name is Adam, and I am evolving. Evolving Adam podcast. Today, I'm really, really excited to have one of my good friends with me. He is a guy that I've got to learn a lot from. Um, and today is a really cool episode for me because this is a topic that I don't really know a ton about. And uh, I get to soak up some knowledge from my friend Adam also. Just really excited for that. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Adam Brooks. Hey. He is a... Uh, Guy here from Phoenix, yep. and um, does a lot of really neat things. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do and uh, a little bit of your background? Well, I am a full-time pizza expert. Wow! <laughs> Woo! I know it's, a, it's an important job. It's a very important job. Someone has to do it. No, I worked in education as a high school teacher for over ten years. I was the director of special ed for a high school in the inner city of Phoenix. I also have taught college classes at ASU, uh, Arizona State University, as well as Phoenix College and Rio Salado. So I'm a adjunct college professor. And then about mm, five to six years ago, three years ago full time, I pursued starting my own company called Youth Awareness and Safety, or YAS. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's why you use the hashtag all the time. I always, I, I, I thought it was always, just no hashtag. Like yes, why oh. yes? Youth awareness and safety. Well, shoot, it's, there's a purpose behind my hashtags, man. I just Come thought on. it got a lot more likes. Yeah, well, so it's funny because I've realized I even my books that I've written all have acronyms. So I wrote a book. Well, I wrote a book a long time ago in 2007. I co-wrote with eight other authors, and it was called WTF. Why Teens Fail and What to Fix. So I know the acronym there, WTF. And then I wrote a book later on, a solo mini book called Understanding Millennials, Tips and Tricks for Working with Today's Generation. So that acronym is U-M, um. Hmm. Then I wrote a book called The Social Media Handbook, A Digital Guide to the Life of a Teen for Parents. And that is SMH. Ah, Right, Great. social media handbook. So <laughs> now all my books are going to have to have some sort of acronym. Huh. Um, yeah, I have to figure that out. Maybe not SMD or yeah, I don't want anything too creepy POS, or weird. Yeah, exactly. Like okay, good. Exactly. My next book is going to be called People of Seriousness. Wow. POS. What a real no, POS book. <laughs> it would be if it if it really was true. That's awesome. All right, so you told us a little bit about your book. So those are the yep. books you've written, um, and people, they are. people can find those on Amazon. Yeah, so Understanding Millennials and the Social Media Handbook both were bestsellers on Amazon. So you can type my name in, Adam Brooks, or you can type those titles in and find them. Understand The Social Media Handbook has been really popular amongst families because it really teaches parents how to set up boundaries for their kids to be online. If we hand kids open devices from cell phones to iPads, when it comes out of the box, it's set to sexually explicit material. Hmm. That's the default setting. Hmm. So if I'm handing a fourth grader a cell phone and saying, good luck, don't mess up, I'm, I'm handing them a loaded weapon. It's no different. Wow. So in my opinion. So it's very important. But 
yeah, those are the two books. I'm working on one that's at my editor's right now. It's called Real Life Drama Turned to Real Life Lessons. Hmm. And it's actually for seniors in high school on how to apply the drama they experience in school to their real life. Wow. So we're we're working on that, finishing that up hopefully by graduation this year. Yeah. So you work with, from all these book titles and and from what I know of you, it's a lot of work with teenagers, um, working with parents of teenagers as well. Um, But you do some organizational stuff too, right? Yeah. So I travel around the country and I do workshops on uh, keeping kids safe online, but I also do workshops on communication skills, how to present. I do a lot of presentation strategies, how to do public speaking better. Uh, I do a couple of things on conflict management. I worked with a design studio here in town to talk about conflict and how to kind of mm-hmm. deal with conflict in this day and age. So I do a lot of right. different random things. I do a lot of assemblies for kids, hmm. um, talking about how they can experience technology in a healthier way. So yeah, it just kind of depends. I've done a lot of stuff. I've got to speak at Yale in Connecticut. I've also gotten to work with businesses, uh, tech tech businesses in California. So it's kind of runs the gamut. Yeah. And if people are interested in having you, it's adamleebrooks.com. Right? I do have a website, adamleebrooks.com. I also have youthawarenessandsafety.org okay. is my educational one. So either one you can find me on. Yeah. And you also have a podcast you're working on? I do. So I wanted to put together a podcast that is called Babbling Brooks, The Art of Spoken Word. And what it is, is it's me teaching current updated speech communication skills. Hmm. How can we communicate effectively by giving presentations in this digital age? Yeah. So I'm, I'm only on like episode three or four. And so I'm kind of moving a little slow because I'm really trying to get a feel for it. But yeah, I'm, I'm working on a podcast. So cool. I'm pretty excited about it. Sounds like something I need to listen to. <laughs> I think <laughs> we, that's what I'm, the first thing I think I say on the podcast is, it's an art form, and it's all about yeah. practice, and it's not a science. Yeah. We think speaking is a science, and there's a right way and a wrong way to do it, and that's really not true. So yeah. it just takes practice. Okay. Well, cool. That's your free tip. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. Uh, I'll invoice you later. Thank you. And, <laughs> and for this. this, this no, it's exciting to be here. I love being here. <laughs> you're my brother from another mother. Yeah. we. Uh, Adam, you guys, you guys are listening, so you can't see this, but we actually look like twins. Oh, yes. True. Yes. Especially if we, when we stand next to each other. Yeah, it's undeniable like that we are related. It's crazy. Yeah, both our parents named us Adam. That's I great. know, I know. That's about the only thing we have in common. <laughs> um, yeah, Adam lived with us uh, for about a year or so, um, and it was a pleasure. Got to just hang with him, learn from him, and uh, felt better when he left. I was actually really sad because he's just one of those guys that you like being around, and you just feel like you leave a better person when you uh, get to hang out with Adam. So That's very sweet. Yeah. I, uh Wish I could reciprocate that. No, I'm just kidding. Wow. wow. <laughs> I'm just teasing. No, I'm just joking. I like to give Adam a hard time because he's such a great guy. And it's oh. it's so funny. He says such great things to people. And so you just start feeling a little self-conscious. Oh. Maybe I don't deserve all those compliments. <laughs> no. All right. Let's 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 get into our uh, our topic here. So the topic here on today is bullying. Um, this is something that I know Adam does a lot of work on in the Arizona high schools and middle schools and different areas. And throughout the United States, as you said before. Right. Uh, and, um, you know, this is something that I think we've all experienced, but something that I don't know a ton about, whether it's prevention or what it, what even, what, do you, what, what it even is and what classified as that, you know. And, and one thing that I'm learning is that, that uh, 
it doesn't really end. This is something that we all deal with, um, even as adults. And that's something that I'm really interested in learning and talking about. So to start off, how would you personally define bullying? Like, Well, first of all, we have to understand that bullying has changed throughout the years. So when I was a kid, I grew up in the 80s and 90s. And so when somebody bullied me, it literally was a kid saying, hey, give me your lunch money. And I said, no. And then he punched me. And I said, okay, here you go. And that was it. I went home and complained to my parents and they told me not to listen to that kid or they called the school or fill in the blank. That was what a bully used to be. And today it's different because today we're talking about kids who get people say things to them at school, but then they go home and their phone goes off with the same things. Their laptops go off with the same things. Their apps go off saying the same things. And so there's no safe place for our kids. So that's why this bully epidemic happened. And people were kind of up in arms freaking out about it. Now, I do think we've overused that word a lot, bully and bullying, because I do think there's very specific things that are a bully and very specific things that are not. And I can tell you what those are if you want. Yeah, uh, that's kind of the next question is what is the kind of spectrum of behaviors that you would identify as bullying um, yourself? So bullying has to be consistent. Bullying has to have a power differential. Hmm. And bullying really has to be defined by the person being bullied. So it, it needs those three things to really be defined as bullying. Hmm. And now, to be honest with you, schools all across the country have what they call a zero tolerance policy. But nobody can tell you what that means. Hmm. Does that mean that if some kid says you're stupid and the other kid says that was they, they bullied me, that they kicked that kid out? I don't I don't know. Nobody knows. It's really confusing and crazy. So for me, it has to be consistent. It has to have a power differential. And it has to have be defined by the person that it's happening to. So what I mean when I say power differential is you've got two kids in your school. You've got Tony. And Tony is the kid that everybody wants to be. All the girls want to date and all the boys want to be. He's great at tetherball. He's great at basketball. <laughs> Yeah. I played tetherball when I was a kid. <laughs> he's great at all these things. He has the newest clothes. He knows he's updated on all the styles. Kids say he's Gucci, right? Mm, yeah. He's yeah, they're shook around him. Dang. I'm shook. <laughs> We're getting hip on That's this like podcast. Me around you. Yeah, I'm so lit. No, is that different? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think lit means drunk. I'm not drunk. Yeah. <laughs> not yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh and so you've got this kid Tony, and then you've got this kid Larry. And Larry, his parents don't have a lot of money. He doesn't have the updated clothes. He doesn't really shower because his parents aren't home very often. So he smells. He doesn't know how to cut his hair. He doesn't get haircuts. His hair's long and stringy and his clothes are dirty and he wears them several days in a row. Yeah. Now you've got Tony making a comment to Larry. Do you think they have equal power? No, no yeah. not at all. No, the social power is different. So anything that Tony Kid says that might be cruel to Larry is going to be conceived and considered bullying. So you do have to take into account this issue. Now, if you've got two Tonys, they're both great kids. They both are, you know, superstars and they call each other names. That's not bullying. Hmm. Not at all. Yeah. Because that's actually what we consider drama. Right. 
there's drama, there's bullying, and there's harassment. Hmm. Those are the three things that I break that off into. Yeah. So they can all, now they can become different things. They can start off as drama, turn into bullying, and then become harassment. Or they can be harassment right away. Or they can be bullying right away and turn into drama. It just depends. Yeah. Yeah. But if you've got same equal standing, that's more drama than it is bullying. Right, right. Okay. Did that answer that question? Yeah, it does. Yeah. I, okay. I, I hadn't even thought of it that way. I always thought it was negative. If Even no matter the status, if there's two people, one guy is going after the other one, then it's automatically bullying. You didn't think about the power dynamic there. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, so Rosalind Wiseman, she wrote the book Queen Bees and Wannabes, which spawned the movie Mean Girls. Mm. She lives in Boulder now, and she has a website called culturesofdignity.com. And she really has championed this social power dynamic in schools where she talks about the most social power dynamic situation is where do you eat lunch at? Which table is the powerhouse table versus the other ones that aren't? Because if that kid who has a lot of social power tells other kids to do something, they're going to do it even if teachers tell them not to. Social power will trump teaching every day of the week. Yeah. Uh, So it's really interesting. I remember that for sure. Right? Yeah. I got got a lot of times in trouble for saying things I shouldn't say because I thought... It would make the kid I wanted to be like laugh. Yeah, I remember, so in middle school, I learned that getting sent to the principal's office made people laugh. And because of that, it meant I was cool. And it meant that I could, I had some sort of standing or status that, oh, Adam, now he can sit at our table because he goes to the principal's office. So that, I knew what I was doing was wrong and that I was breaking the rules, but it didn't matter because I was able to fit in with those guys and they would let me they were part of the cool crowd and if i'm in with them i'm good yeah so i would get in trouble and i would let all the cool kids copy off me yeah and they let me sit at their table so i was like the nerd cool kid because <laughs> i at least like i knew all the answers but i didn't had no problem giving it to them right because it was just it was this exchange i'll give you these answers and you give me social power you give right. me coolness yeah. because people will see me with you and so it was really it's really weird but this has been happening for Oh, yeah. Hundreds, if not thousands of years. Yeah, this I mean, is not new, right? No, 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 no not at all. Yeah. So I mean, I'm pretty sure there's stories about brothers fighting so, and killing each other over stuff. So it's somewhere in ancient literature, I, I think. think. So I think so. <laughs> um, so then, I mean, this seems this is probably an obvious question, but you know, how do you think it starts? You know, where do kids learn how to do this? How does it develop in a child? I guess the be the how does it develop in the bully itself themselves? Like, how does that so, start, would you say? That's an interesting question because we can point to all sorts of stuff. And if I'm being honest, where I've seen it the most often is through parents. Mean moms create mean daughters. And uh, bully dads create bully kids. And I, I have seen this time and time again. And so it is really interesting. However, at schools, what we'll find is... A kid who happens to be a bully ends up getting bullied by a teacher or an adult to get them to stop bullying. Mm-hmm. So now it just becomes this fight of who's the biggest bully. Right. And so we want to smash these bullies down with a hammer when real, when really what that bully needs is someone to sit down and talk to them and say, why do you feel the need to make these statements? Mm-hmm. Why do you feel the need? What's going on inside? What's going on at home? What's going on in your life? That this is happening. I grew up with a kid who wanted to fight all the time. He loved to fight. 
So he'd be at recess, hanging out, and he'd just want to fight, physically punch people in the face. I'm not a fighter. I don't have, my face isn't that great, but it's all I got. It's all I got. So I never really participated, but we found out later that it was because this kid's dad would physically beat him up when he came home. Mm. So it made sense why this happened, but nobody stopped to ask why. Yeah. Nobody stopped to, to say what else is deeper than this. And so I do think when we see patterns of behavior, this is a problem. That being said, Adam, mm-hmm. that being said, a book came out called Unselfie by Michelle Borba. She's a Stanford professor. And what she says is these kids are 40% less empathetic than they were 20 years ago. Hmm. So what we're seeing is low empathy on kids' part. So they don't care that they're hurting people's feelings. They don't care if kids are going home and crying. They want that to happen. Wow. For me, it's because we've seen such a rise in the last 20 years of reality television. Hmm. Now, I know I can't say that's the one thing, but for me, what happens? All right. Parents' favorite show. We're going to watch American Idol. So what do we do? We want to watch the first couple episodes. Why? Because there's people on there who are terrible at singing. Hmm. And we sit around as a family and we laugh. We yeah. say, look at this dummy who can't sing. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. And we make fun of them on the show. We make fun of them in our homes. And then we wonder why our kids go to school the next day huh. and make fun of other kids. Yeah, I mean, one of the some of the celebrities that came out of that, like William Hung, who was so bad. Right. At, at, that, that's why he became a celebrity. I mean, he had his 15 minutes, but... He be, be blew up because he was so bad. Yep. And he was just a you know a guy that wanted to go and try out. And yeah, he wasn't that good, but they turned him into a celebrity because how bad he was. Right. And, and how... people were making fun of him. They weren't thinking no. he was great. It was, right. this guy's terrible. And so what kind of celebrity does that make you? Right. So it's the anti-celebrity, right? Yeah, you're just a joke. Yeah, it's a joke. And so we see this and we laugh and we think it's fine. So we have this culture and society where we want to see people fall. Hmm. We want to see people fail. We have a show called Survivor where we vote someone off the island that we don't like, that we don't want there. We have The Bachelor and The Bachelorette where, hey, you're not good enough for me. You got to go. And so these kids are growing up in this culture of singling things out and and who's going to be the winner and you've got to be the winner. And so, of course, they're going to shove every other kid down and step on as many people as possible to make sure they're the winner. I mean, never even thought about it that way. Wow. Hmm. I mean, we're creating this. This is our this is our doing. Right. Right. It didn't just magically appear. No. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That's right? great. I mean, think about even think about the shows. Okay, so I mean I'm just thinking of things like my dad watched, like all in the family and Sanford and Sons that people look back and if you watch them you're like, this is racially charged or they're saying some really crazy stuff where he's calling everyone meathead or whatever. The difference is between that and now is that kids back then had better resiliency skills. Hmm. Kids today have less resiliency skills. So while a kid called somebody a meathead or a dummy back then, if you do it today, it has a really different impact than it did before. Hmm. Resiliency skills. What is that? Yeah. What, so what when I say that? resiliency, I mean uh, kids are willing to work through stuff. If you are not willing to work through stuff, you have low resiliency. Hmm. If you are, you have high resiliency. And what what we see is when we this term in the 1970s came out called helicopter parenting. Mm-hmm. I've heard that term. 
Yeah, we have all heard. Yeah, most of us have. <laughs> and it was it was uh, set out by a German therapist who was asking a kid uh, why his he was frustrated with his mom. And he said, "Cause she hovers over me like a helicopter." That's where the phrase came from. Hmm. There was helicopter moms in the seventies, but we didn't see such an emphasis on helicopter moms until now. And in my opinion, it's because we saw these kids be zero to ten during the 9-11 time period. When the when the towers fell and when we were at war, we held our kids close and we wouldn't let them do anything. Hmm. Right after right after that happened in 9-11, we had a recession, we had a depression. We were scared as a nation. And our kids who were zero to ten during this time felt that fear. Hmm. And we held them close and said, don't grab that, don't fail. We're going to save you. We're going to help you, which rightfully so. We should have. That's a good response to have when you're scared. Right. However, the unintended consequence mm. is that our kids are now not prepared to push through the hard stuff in life. Yeah. Wow. They want the helicopter to save them in every difficult situation. Yeah. And that helicopter simply isn't there. Yeah. That's why we're seeing teen suicides go up. Mm. Suicide, Teen suicides in Arizona are up 81% since 2009. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We're number nine in the nation huh. for teen suicides. Wow. Yeah. Not something you want to be one in. No. Yeah. But yeah, the, the idea we're last of, in everything else, but not that apparently. Yeah. So the idea of resiliency, that reminds me of um, a chapter in a Malcolm Gladwell book. I think it was Outliers. It might have been David and Goliath, but I'm pretty sure it was Outliers where he talks about the difference between American students and Chinese students or Asian students. And because everyone, everyone assumes, oh, well, Asian students are smarter because they're Asian or because they're, it's in their genes. And he argues that the only difference is resiliency, that they would do a pretest, or sorry, like a pretest survey that was super long. And they, they found that the Asian students would complete the entire thing. And the American students would get the certain certain way through and then they would quit because they're like, this is too long and this doesn't really matter. So I'm just going to get right onto the test. And they found with almost pinpoint accuracy that the people that went all the way through and did the entire pre-survey scored better on the test themselves. And as a whole, Americans did not, not great and the Asian students did really well. And they attribute it to their resiliency because of their upbringing, because they had a lot of hardship and they were growing up in these rural areas where their parents worked really hard and they had to work really hard too. So they were used to having all these resilient or having all these situations that they had to fight through. And because of that, they were able to, to get higher test scores and they were able to go through the harder topics with ease because it wasn't that hard for them or sorry, they had experienced hardship already. So it, they were prepared to be able to push through it. I mean, listen, so, I, IQ is the same regardless of culture. And that's what, they were, that's what he was arguing. Right. He said at the end of the day, these students are the same. They, they have the right. same abilities. They're smart. They have the same IQs. But these are going to outperform the test scores, and it was all because of the resilience or, or the ability to push through the harder topics. Well, and that's exactly it. I mean, we're seeing kids' uh, difference in the inner city. So the, the Arizona suicide rates is high and is going up. But we're seeing it much more in the middle to upper class areas than we are in the hmm. lower class areas. And the reason why is our lower class areas have seen stuff. Right. These kids have rode, they rode the city bus. Right. You 
learn to survive when you're riding the city right. bus at 4.30 in the morning to get to school on time. Yeah. Versus other kids who what we call this generation is go away, come here. They're the go away, come here generation. Mom, go away, I don't need you. Okay, come here, I need a ride. Hmm. And so what you've got is parents who have continually jumped in to help their kid, take their kid to school, buy them whatever they want, do all this stuff. What it inadvertently did is it created this response that they would always be there to save this kid. And so the kid doesn't have to try. Hmm. Not to mention schools in China and schools in these Asian countries, they go about three or four hours longer than ours. And they spend longer on content areas. So they do math for two hours. We do math for 45 minutes and move on to the next thing. Right. That's not teaching resiliency. Hmm. What job have you ever had where a bell rang and you moved to a different part of your job? <laughs> None. That doesn't that's, exist. That's true. That's crazy. But yeah. in schools, we do it all the time. Yeah. Huh. Then we wonder why our kids aren't prepared for life. Yeah. Or why our attention spans are getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. Exactly. Sure. Because now within that 45 minutes... You need a 10-minute break, and you need this, and you need that, and it's getting smaller and smaller and yeah. smaller. Wow. All right. Well, um, I kind of already gave it away, but uh, I want to talk a little bit about it manifesting into adulthood. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Because that is something that I know I experience in, in my life. So, obviously, we believe that it, that it doesn't end when you, quote, grow up. But what are kind of some of the things that you see in some of the adult situations you encounter Listen, it can examples? show up in adulthood, and it wasn't there in childhood. So I've seen where kids who were picked on in school, all of a sudden, as an adult, blossom. They make a lot of money. They finally get in shape. They become the alpha male, and they do really well. And because they were the victim when they were younger, they decide to switch the roles as adults, mm. and they become alpha. They become the bully. They become headstrong they get physical more because they want to see what it's like so we do see some of that i've seen it quite a bit hmm. i work out at a crossfit gym and if you saw me you would laugh a little bit because i'm not the typical crossfitter uh but i enjoy it but there are people who are athletes and you start talking to them and you realize that as a kid they were chubby or they were called the fat kid or husky and now they're so into fitness because they want to have they want to dominate Mm -hmm. they want to show that they aren't that kid anymore and that can be a dangerous position because you're going to take it out on people you might want to find the other kid to bully and tease because you see yourself in those other people yeah so that's interesting dynamic number one yeah number two is the idea that uh once a bully always a bully and you see some people who grow up needing to dominate, needing to be bullied, needing to have power. And then as an adult, I mean, let's be honest, our workforce reinforces the power dynamic of a bully. Right. Oh, look at their leadership style. Look at that finesse. Mm-hmm. Everybody, they snap to attention when they walk in the room. That's not necessarily good. Right. But in business, it's rewarded. Right. Yeah. We reward the bully. We reward the person of power, of dominance. And so it, it makes sense why that's still there, why that's still an element in our business and in yeah. the world out there. Yeah. Do you have any examples from maybe uh, the top levels of politics where you see bullying occurring, perhaps somewhere <laughs> in the United States? I don't think bullying happens ever in politics. <laughs> 
I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously. I mean, I, I don't want to turn it into this into a president bashing thing. No, Maybe, I get it. But, but I, I also I understand it. I grew up like you, very conservative in my political opinions, very conservative in my religious opinions. But I also believe that that comes with moral standing, and I, I don't see that with who we're currently right um, under right now. And so I do see a bully mentality where you've got somebody who. Somebody is an aggressor and somebody out aggresses them and tries to be even a more, a, a bigger aggressor. Yeah. That's bullying the bullies. And so Trump might be upset that the media picks on him and he might call the media a bully. But what he's trying to do is shut him down by bullying back. Yeah. And we know that's not the answer for any of this. Right. So I, I see it happening all over the place. Yeah. And it's happening to other elected officials. It's happening to... It's sadly, it's happening to the people. Right. That's what's crazy to me. It's happening to the American people where we're, think about it this way. You go to lunch and a bully says you can finally sit with them and you think this is awesome. Yep. And the bully lets you sit there and the bully belittles you and the bully teases you and bully has you sitting there so he can make fun of you and give you a hard time. But then at the end, he says, I just kidding. Does that eradicate all the stuff that's happened? Hmm. Yeah. And yet no. what I see is we have all these policies coming out, all these things that are, you know, immigrants are bad and this is bad and this is bad and this is bad. Oh, look, our tax reform saved you $3. Yeah. Is that supposed to wash out all this other crap that's happening? Right. Is that supposed to wash away all this other bad stuff? <laughs> right. No. So it really, it, it's, it's. You know, uh, it's a magic show. It's this disappearing act, and it's hmm. really fascinating to me that we're all on the board with this. Right. Because I, but look, I got a raise. Yeah. No. I had $40 in my paycheck. No, you didn't. No. Right. In the long term, right. that's going to hurt us. Right. And so don't take the scraps from the bully thinking that it's okay. Right. And that you're satisfied when you could be having a five course meal five years from now yeah. as somebody who has better self worth. Better self-esteem. You don't have to rely on that kind of stuff. Right. Hmm. So that's my opinion. Interesting take. I don't know. I like that. Maybe I'm just metaphoric and I've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately. So <laughs> Same. So we already got into prevention a little bit, but I'd like to kind of revisit that. So uh, I guess the first question is, you know, what can adults do when they identify a situation? And how can they do that the right way? Or what, what can they do yeah. the right way? You know, we talked about... Before, you know, we want to be, it's more of a beat down situation where you have a, a, a well, teacher listen, and stuff every like that. show, every movie we have out. Let me, I will give you the arc and the story of every action movie we have. And that is this bad guy decides he's going to be good and he's going to be peaceful. He's no longer the way of the sword. He's no longer going to be a violent man. And then something pushes him too far. <laughs> and he picks up his sword one last time or picks up his gun and he murders everybody, right? <laughs> yeah. So it, the message we're sending with our movies and our TV shows is that, listen, in the end, you have to be violent. Right. In the end, you have to shut down the bully. And I just feel like we're sending the wrong message to kids because hmm. it's never about out-bullying the bully because there will always be a bigger bully. Right. As big of a bully as Trump may be, there's a couple bigger ones 
right across the pond. Yeah. And I'm real nervous that we're shaking. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think I think I'm yeah, tracking. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're tracking. But I feel like that's the same thing with with adults is we want to stand up and say no more. So we have all these movies out. Uh, that that teacher movie last that came out called The Fight or Fist oh, Fight. Yeah, yeah. Where Ice Cube and uh, what's his name from uh, Sunny in Philadelphia, Always Sunny. Yeah, yeah. Um, Daniel Day. No, Charlie Day. Charlie Day. Charlie Day. Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, Charlie Day and, Great and Ice Cube. They're gonna have this fist fight because they're teachers and they can't be civil and they're gonna have to just handle it with fights. And you're like, oh my gosh. And so what message are we saying? We have to always go to this. And right. that's not true. What I think it is, and what Rosalind Wiseman put in one of her books called Owning Up, is she uses the SEAL principle, S-E-A-L. And it's all about building boundaries. It's about teaching little kids, third graders, how to have boundary conversations. So how do I go up to a friend and say, I didn't like what you did. It didn't make me feel good. I still want to be your friend. But if you keep doing it, I can't be your friend. Hmm. Simple as that. Yeah. But we are terrified to have these conversations. Yeah. Nobody ever taught us how to have those. Hmm. And so we grew up not having them, letting our boundaries be pushed, letting our boundaries be pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed until we freaked out on somebody. And so really teaching kids how to express what they need out loud is huge. Huge. It's going to be huge. Huge. But, but even us adults don't know how to do it. Yeah. So SEAL, yeah. what SEAL stands for is... State what happened, explain how it made you feel, affirm the relationship, and either lock in that relationship or lock out that relationship. Hmm. So telling people, hey, you'd said this a lot to me, and I didn't like the way it made me feel. I don't think I want to be your friend anymore, so I'm going to need a break from you. Hmm. Just being really honest with people about where we're at. Yeah. I had a best friend years ago who was partying a lot and was doing stuff that I didn't approve of and... Uh, I would bring dates and he would hook up with them and it was just super weird and awkward and didn't really know what to do. And I basically said, Hey, I can't do this anymore. And he said, well, I don't care. I'm not going to change. And I said, okay, we didn't speak for seven years, but you know what? That hard conversation was me finally setting a boundary. Yeah. And it was probably the healthiest thing I've ever done. Yeah. Hmm. My best friend from third grade, his name is Brian. Brian was a man's man. He, all-star football player, uh, fought in the war in Iraq, got blown up, survived. Wow. He was in the 82nd Airborne. Yeah. Came home, started working with inner-city gang youth, got stabbed twice, survived. I mean, he's just a stud. Yeah, right. I played a gang member once on stage <laughs> in West Side Story, so I'm bas- basically the same thing. You're pretty menacing. I, I know. see how they when would cast you, you for you're a jet to the end. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty hardcore. So we were probably in our late 20s, and Brian pulled me aside and said, Hey, man, I want to talk to you. I said, What's up? He said, You know how you always tease me about my weight? I said, Yeah. He said, I can't have that happen anymore. Hmm. And that was his way of setting a boundary. And it really shook me awake to think that he had been feeling like this for years and never said anything. Yeah. And how worse it made our friendship. Yeah. When just one simple conversation and I was like, never again. Never again will I tease you about that. Yeah. That's SEAL. SEAL. State, explain, affirm, lock in, lock out. SEAL. Mm. So teaching that to kids is huge because some of us adults might be a little late for some of us. Yeah. But I would say having courageous conversations with people is valuable. It's huge. 
I think it's important. I think we need to practice that more and more. Yeah. Wow. Good stuff. You know how we get better at math? We do math. You know how we get better about having hard conversations? You have hard conversations. We start having hard conversations. Mm-hmm. I think to kind of wrap up, kind of the last little piece, which is actually a pretty big piece, is social media's role in this yeah, idea the, of bullying. The, and The digital world has changed things a lot. I that's think. what I hear. Yeah. Well, they're creating apps to help bullying. Like there's apps called After School and all these other ones. And they're anonymous sites. So I can go on the site and I can say, and it's in my neighborhood, so it'll be with my zip code. And I can say, did you hear Adam, Evolving Adam, did this over the weekend? Wow. And then somebody else can say, oh my God, I knew that about Evolving Adam. Hmm. And someone else can say, in fact, Evolving Adam actually is this kind of a person. And then everyone's been talking about Evolving Adam all weekend. And you show up to school on Monday and you have no clue that all these anonymous statements have been posted about you on this website. Wow. Yeah, it's turning middle schools upside down. Huh, never even heard of it. Yeah, after school, there's all these other ones that are anonymous. Yik Yak and all these weird... I've heard of Yik Yak. Yeah. Yeah, where you, it's the same thing. Like you, yeah, it's, it's a proximity-based. Like you can totally go to a high school and post about the high school or something like that. Yeah. Right, and so it's, it wasn't used, it wasn't intended for that kind of a purpose, but kids will use stuff that you'd never realize what they use it for. There's a thing called the sin of omission right now. And the sin of omission is this idea that I have a party and I invite six friends over, but I only tag five of them in this picture because I want to treat that other one like an outcast. Huh. Right. That's a thing? Yeah. Wow. So by me not tagging you, I'm actually telling the world that we got beef. We're fighting. I don't like you. And that's also upending schools. Yeah. So for me, what I teach kids, so uh, we'll go to that in a second, but. The other parts of cyberbullying that's really hard is you've got trolling on the internet. Right. Really popular. Oh, I mean, that's, that, I don't that's an read adult my comments too. on Amazon for my books. Oh, really? I, no. I, no. I'd have a hard time with that. I, I would be in the shower crying every day. <laughs> and it could actually be a comment that's not that bad. Right. One guy wrote on one of my books, underwhelming. <laughs> and I was, thought it was the worst thing someone could say to me. And I was like so upset and I was mad and I was. I'm never going to write another book again. And it's like, what's going on? <laughs> it's remi- not even that bad. It reminds me of my friend Kelvin, uh, the other podcast uh, guest, who is a referee. And he said a parent came up to him and said, I'm not confident in your refing abilities. And he, he said, it really hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like not even a bad comment. He was like, that really hurt. <laughs> well, that's, some of that's just how sensitive we are. Like right. I'm just a sensitive person. So yeah. Yeah. that's scary. If I know that about myself, I really shouldn't be reading comments online. God forbid I read my YouTube channel comments. Like, yeah, I'm sure those are even worse. Yeah. But like with God, I was like, you know, you people can yell, oh, you suck. You're the worst. You're blind. And it just, just rolls off. But then someone comes in with like an articulate They phrase. thought about it. They thought about it. I have no confidence in your ability to call a good game. You're like, oh, right. Ouch. Right. <laughs> you had to craft that sentence very carefully. Underwhelming. Yeah. Book. Underwhelming book. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, and then, to be honest, part of me is like, yeah, I thought it was underwhelming too. <laughs> but it's because I knew what was in there. Yeah. So I do think cyberbullying has become a huge issue. We've let kids uh, focus around apps and guides and their phones too much. We are not letting them get face-to-face with each other enough. We're not having enough dances. 
We're not having enough times where they're together, they're playing. Mm. If you want to play games, great. But you're going to play games in the cafeteria with 20 other people. So at least you have social people around you. Yeah. Isolation is what's causing all of this stuff to happen. Mm. Stuff in isolation. Also, man, if you have a if you have a sleepover, you better collect every phone that a kid brings over to your sleepover and put it in your own closet. Because let me tell you, at three in the morning, they're gonna mean girl somebody, or they're gonna call a boy, send a body part to somebody, mm. or as a boy, they're gonna do. We did crank calls when we were kids. Right. They're doing that, but it's harsher. It's worse. Because they don't have the empathy and they don't have the resiliency. Mm. So we really have to start putting parameters around these kids' devices. Yeah. I teach parents all the time about building a digital media contract to limit the and put boundaries in place for these kids. But I have to tell kids all the time, listen, the way you combat bullying is not by bullying the bully. And it's not by shutting down the bully. I can't control what other people are going to say. Yeah. You know what I can control? How I'm going to feel about it. So the number one way to com- combat bullies is through self-confidence. Hmm. We build up self-worth. We build up self-confidence. We give kids such good self-esteem that when somebody says you're an idiot, they can look at them and laugh and say, Me? You must not know me. I'm amazing. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of kids will say, well, I don't want to be... Confi- I'm gonna be cocky. Right. I don't want right. to be cocky. That's not cocky. Hmm. That's not arrogance. You know what arrogance? Let me tell you the difference between confidence and arrogance. Confidence says I'm amazing. Arrogance says I'm more amazing than you. Hmm. Do you hear the difference? Yeah. So teaching kids that they're amazing, that they can have good self worth and self esteem, is really going to go a lot further to combat bullying yeah. than just trying to shut down the bully. Wow. Hmm. Right. Yeah. That makes a lot of we sense. We have to stop taking a negative approach and start taking a positive approach to this. Yeah, that that, that gets into the word I was using in my questions was re, re, rehabilitation instead of just yeah. simply punishing. I mean, we we see that in a lot of um, a lot of uh, other to- other topics where people are being punished instead of rehabbed, and how rehabilitation is something that's going to keep pe- prevent people from you know committing another crime again or things like that. And with bullying, it feels like that's that's the avenue you have to go down is how do we re- rehab this this person instead of just punishing them and hoping they don't ever do it again. I do think you, know? you can learn from this. And I do think people can change yeah. from being bullies. I've seen it. I, I had a kid who broke my glasses in uh, fifth, fourth or fifth grade, took my glasses off my face when I was using the urinal. And if you're a guy in the men's restroom, the most vulnerable position you have yeah. is using the urinal. Yeah. You can't protect yourself from anything. He took my glasses, ran out, smashed them with a rock. And then I saw him like 10, 20 years later at a restaurant. And he's like, do you remember when I did that? And I had forgotten, but I said, I remember now. And he apologized and asked for my forgiveness because he still haunted him. Wow. So you can change. There are yeah. these things that you say, ah, I did that and I regret it. And that's not okay. Hmm. Um, so I do think you can rehab people, but I think it takes a lot of work. I think it takes acceptance. I think it takes... Putting yourself in someone else's shoes. Empathy. Right. Building empathy into people, mm. which I think is our next big challenge. Yeah, I've said that a lot in some of my conversations with my other friends is that I feel like empathy in the U.S. in general is one of our greatest weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being able to see our brother or sister, you know, in their situation and come down to their level or to put their, ourselves in, that, in, in their shoes. And I think a lot of the problems we have 
could be solved yeah. simply by doing that or having more of that idea in our head. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I agree. I think. So to wrap up, we talked about your books already a little bit. Amazon, adamleebrooks.com, a place to go if they're interested in having you come to speak or be... Yeah, or questions. I want to be questions. a resource for people because I think too many too, too often we have people who say they want to help but for a price or say they want to help but for this. And for me, I want to be a resource. So somebody can email me and say, this is what my kid's going through. What do you think I should do? And I'll give you my suggestions. Sometimes... You really have to say, listen, kid, you got to go through it on your own. That's how we teach some resiliency is having kids experience the hard stuff under our roof and overseeing it and allowing it to happen. Hmm. That's hard as a parent. I can't even imagine what that's like, but that is really important sometimes. So you shoot me an email, shoot me a message, uh, adam at adamleebrooks.com or adam at youthawarenessandsafety.org. Either of those will work, and that's definitely ways you can get a hold of me. And you're on Instagram. Instagram is adam.lee.brooks. Twitter is at Adam Lee Brooks. Snapchat is my own. You are not allowed to have that. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, the one thing I have that's private. Adam uh, also posts a lot of really funny stuff on there. I try. Uh, I did today. His latest post is a big, big, a large cat sitting on a couch on its back, and it says, Eight, four boxes of thin mints, not feeling thin at all. <laughs> yeah, it's false advertising. False advertising. I tell you, man, I still, someone did a hashtag body positive on there because I, I don't like to use the word. I'm glad you didn't say fat cat. He's a big cat. It's just a big cat. And you know right. what? It's okay to be big. I'm in shape because round is a shape. And so it's all that matters. <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, you also have some really good motivational posts on yeah, there. Inspirational quotes. I love inspirational quotes. So for me, my job as a speaker is to make audiences laugh, reflect, and grow. So everything I post in my social media should be through that lens. Hmm. Laughing, reflecting, and growing. If it doesn't hit one of those three categories, I need to delete it off my social media. Which is another thing I want to teach kids about is how to brand yourself online so that you can get into college. You can Hmm. get a job. Not so you get fired or you lose college. Yeah. Scholarships or whatever. Dance like no one is watching because they're not. They're checking their phones. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. That happens sometimes. (laughs) Love it. All right. Well, again, I really appreciate you taking the time to come here, talk about this topic. I hope to have you you. on again. Uh, Really, really Thank you for having me. Yeah. If you want to listen to my podcast, you can go to adamleebrooks.com. And in the about me section, it'll say Adam's podcast. Click on that. It'll take you to a link to my stuff and you can check it out. Cool. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. right that's it i hope you guys really enjoyed that as much as i did that was just really cool to have adam in and talking about the bullying topic something i really don't know a whole lot about and that was just really um really really good for me to to learn about and hopefully it was valuable for you and make sure to check him out on his social media and uh, reach out to him Uh, he wants to be a resource so please go ahead and reach out to him um he'd love that Make sure to check me out on Twitter. It's at EvolvingAdamPod on Twitter. You can reach out to me there with questions or comments you may have. We also have a Patreon page now. Just go to patreon.com slash EvolvingAdam. And there we are if you'd like to support what I do here. Um, That's it for me. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you found this. And uh, please reach out to me again. I'd love to hear from you. My name is Adam. 
and I'm evolving, and I hope that you're evolving too.